All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay. <laughs> we have Mike Muhammad. He's a uh, actor. I believe you're a dancer as well, aren't you? Yeah. That's right, a dancer, opera singer, teacher. Mm. Um, doing all sorts of stuff. Mike, how, how are you doing today? Good, what's up? Nothing much. We're glad to have you here on this uh, fantastic Wednesday. Um, we usually do this on Saturday, but uh, I believe you have rehearsal. I'll uh, be in normally. tech, yeah. That's right, yeah. you're in tech hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's the last couple of days have been? I mean, how's, how's it been going so far? Uh, you know, we, we have rough nights, and the last night was kind of gorgeous. And I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. We'll just, we'll get there mm-hmm. one way or the other. We will get there. You had a radio interview today, too, right? Didn't you? Uh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. How did that go? Mm. It was a KPOO. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, we were just on for like 12 minutes, which was funny because there was somebody ahead of us, uh, Crystal Brown. No, not Crystal Brown. Um, Crystal Brown? Yeah. Is she yeah. on the show at SN Awards? I th- no. Th- no. No, 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 no. 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 Maybe Janae? No. No, um, it wasn't Janae. Um, I don't know the woman, but um, okay. she came in um, to promote that show, and mm-hmm. then there was another somebody before her, I guess, and then somebody after us. So they just crammed. They must in. have been pr- uh, promoting Palace Records. Yes, right. I know that uh, Kari Moy is in that mm-hmm. one. Kari Moy, who's sort of blown up, he's sort of in everything now. <laughs> I know. Kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. When you when you got it, then you know just um, keep rolling with when it. It's your time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of current events. I mean, there's only been the last couple of days. I mean, I've, I've been so in, in, inundated with um, royalty, royalty, royalty. I can't wait till that wedding is oh, just over. I know. <laughs> America gets so fixated <coughs> on this. Like, like, don't you remember we fought a war to, to get away from these people? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah exactly. I mean, it's, it's very um, – ang- we're, we're still Anglophiles, and mm-hmm. it's sort of – it's like, okay, this family is more important than any other family. Right. Although it is interesting, the controversy with the father. You've heard about this, right? No, no. Well, apparently, the fa- do you know about this, Mike? <laughs> I heard about it this morning. So the father of Meghan Markle, you know, um, her mother's black, mm-hmm. father is white, and I guess the father's sort of estranged, at least from her. Oh. So, um, of course, you know, his life was just sort of mundane until her daughter decides to marry the prince. <laughs> Right. Of uh, of royalty, and now um, apparently he is. So on Monday he says, "I'm not attending the wedding. The hell with it. I'm not doing it." Wow. And then, uh, actually, that was Monday. So and then Tuesday it was like, "Okay, yes, I will attend the wedding." And then he has a heart attack. Oh no! Oh, uh, I I heard some reference. That I didn't know who they were talking about. I yeah. So there is some, and she has an older sister who's sort of a. Um, a media hound, you know, mm-hmm. she wants to, you know, find, you know, um, she's soaking it all up, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all have family members like that, well, right? it's funny because she's already <laughs> been a celebrity, right? So, right. you know, I'm sure she's been dealing with this stuff before. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I think there may be a bit of sibling rivalry. I mean, you know, Meghan Markle, she was a uh, actress long mm-hmm. before she got involved in this sort of stuff. Right. She was in uh, Wants to Be a Millionaire and a, and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, uh, but, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what other news or whatever. Uh, well, well, there's, there's North Jerusalem. Korea. That's oh. right, the Jerusalem and, things. Oh, my gosh, yes. I hadn't even thought about it. So the North Korea thing, what amazes me is, and so many times we get these stories where I'm like, okay, so the media, the, the story really is how badly the media does its job. Because when they just fell over themselves to say how great it was that we were going to have peace on the Korean Peninsula mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and North Korea was going to denuclearize, it's like, um, you know the guy who said that is a guy that you've been reporting is crazy for a long time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? You why? trust what he says? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? And so now everybody's shocked. Oh, my gosh, they're going to pull out. You're, you're surprised? Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you think about it? just the whole Trump thing? I ask all of my guests that because it's, it's, it's wonderful <laughs> to hear everyone's take. On, uh, you know, how they're surviving the Trump administration. <laughs> Man, this is the craziest thing ever. Um, it's it, it's just amazing to me what we think is okay. Yeah. And, you know, um, and this really goes to where him getting elected was so part of where we are in this imperialist 
heteronormative white <coughs> supremacy mm-hmm. and that we are able to think that, you know, that we w- as a country would <laughs> think that it, it makes more sense to have him mm-hmm. than, yes, Ms. Clinton was problematic, but she at least knew how to, d- would know how to do the job. Right. Um, so it's, it's interesting and it shows where we are as a country that that is that that we would prefer mm-hmm. to have him mm-hmm. be our representative to the world and now we see that that his toxic masculinity is just pervasive mm-hmm. and that, that and then goes into this North Korea thing it goes into even how we're dealing with the Jerusalem Gaza right. sure. situation because yeah. we're so dead set on being right that we're not looking at any sort of nuanced argument on, right. on anything international or international. Yeah, yeah, we're not even trying to come to agreement with anybody. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's amazing you mentioned the heteronormative aspect of, of the White House. I, I listened to the Dan Savage, um, is it Dan Savage? Yeah, the, uh, the San, San Savage podcast, and he talked about, I think it's Kansas and Oklahoma who struck <laughs> down LGBT laws, mm-hmm. uh, basically saying that um, if you're a a faith based uh, store, that you can discriminate based on your your faith. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a stripping down of everything that Obama had built up. And one of those states um, tried to <coughs> get rid of uh, letting LGBT um, adopt. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's, right. that's really you are. These kids will suffer mm-hmm. because. You know, every by every measure that I am aware of, these are great parents. Yeah. These have been incredible parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what was mentioned on the Dan Savage Love podcast is that a lot of these LGBT parents will take on kids that other parents won't right. for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's just very 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 sad. Um, well, let's jump in. Let's let's do an origin story. Um, so, Mike, um, now you're teaching now. So uh, you're a professor, is that right? I guess technically I am <laughs> a professor. Uh, yeah, where, where do you teach? At the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. Oh, no, oh that's yeah. fantastic. I work for the opera program, and I'm the director of musical theater yeah. there. And I should say, you and I know each other because you directed me in Candide. That's right. And we had Jacob oh. Bronson mm-hmm. uh, on as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Uh, how long have you been there at the uh, conservatory? Longer than I should probably oh. say. Um, no, I... I Went there for my master's in voice, and then I've been working for the opera program ever since. Mm-hmm. So, um, since 2000. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, it's been a minute. <coughs> are you are you born and raised here in the Bay? No. Um, I was actually born in Canada. Is that oh. right? Believe it or not. Oh, wow. Um, my parents are from the Caribbean, and my dad was in medical school at Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And so, we moved to the States when I was three. So, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, I grew up here. Mm-hmm. But um, and then moved to Illinois and then to Indiana. Oh. Huh, you've been a little bit around. So you've, you've had a taste of the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have you been here uh, in the Bay? Well, I guess your parents, your family is, is, is in the Bay now, right? No, no. no oh, I, I, okay. I, I went away to college, and then I moved um, to the Bay Area for grad school. Okay. So, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I... So you've been here in the Bay, uh, what, do you think, 20 years or so? No, 20 years. 20 years. Wow, it happens. (laughs) Good Lord. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How – so what what sort of got you into – I mean, you could have done all sorts of things. Were you the type of kid that uh, that acted or sang or or what have you? So I was the kid that always sang in church growing up. And Mm -hmm. then when I was in the fourth grade, friends of the family said to my dad – Hey, there's a local production of The King and I. We think Michael should audition for it. Ah. So I got the part. And got the part of The King. And I was, well, Chula Longhorn, The King to Be. Uh-huh. Um, oh, uh-huh. And then ever since then, that was sort of the, the, the bug. Nice. Happened there. Um, and then I moved on. I actually started dancing a few years later and I actually then sort of shifted my focus to dance oh, I was doing uh-huh. mostly modern um, sort of concert style dance mm-hmm. and then in college got back into singing 
And so mm -hmm. I was doing the opera thing for a while, and but always sort of keeping my foot in the musical theater world as well. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. Um, do you do you say that you do more directing, or I mean, are you more on stage, or are you more off stage these days? You know, it the 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 balance always changes. It's year to year. Sometimes I'm so I basically say fifty fifty because some years I'm directing more and some years I'm performing more. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think I've, I've I've been sort of in a directing. Well, no, I, I guess I've been so far. It's been a still about fifty fifty over the last year. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I guess you divide your time, at, it's almost in three ways. One, there's teaching, one, there's on stage, and then there's off stage, like directing. Yeah, that, that seems right. And okay. I'm also in the middle of, because I'm crazy, of working on a doctorate. So Is that right? Wow. For what? Um, I'm doing a doctorate in, in education, mm -hmm. focusing uh -huh. on music education. Yeah, we talked so. off mic. There are a lot of actors who get into teaching. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, like you have each one reach right. one you yeah. when you do it, and uh, a bunch of other um, theater folks have done the same thing. Um, so w what do you want to do? I mean, do you want to, if you, when you do get your doctorate, where, where do you see yourself going in the future? Who knows? I'm not even oh. sure what made me decide <laughs> to do this thing, but <laughs> no, it's great. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it is like I'm not. I got a wild hair one day and decided to. Is it through <laughs> the conservatory? No, it's actually through Teachers College, uh, Columbia University. Oh wow! Oh, Columbia, no. that's in New York. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Will you be Will you be going there? Yeah, I'm part of the summer doctoral cohort, and I'm there for three summers in a row to do um, coursework, and then during the school year, I'm also taking online classes and writing mm -hmm. a lot. Nice, so, sure. nice. Yeah. Particular uh, focus. I'm looking at um, the representation of black vocality on stage. Mm. Wow. So how we represent black voices um, mm -hmm. in opera and musical theater mm -hmm. and what <laughs> that all entails. Yeah. So. We've talked a little bit about that. We've had a couple, like even uh, I think Crystal Brown and a couple of others, how we are represented as, as black people. Sometimes we have to, like I remember being in school, some of us were taught, Get rid of your accent. Get rid of your dialect and your, not necessarily your culture, but sort of be a clean slate of paper mm -hmm. so that you can present and do other things. And I know a lot of us classmates at the time were sort of, uh, we had mixed feelings about that. You know, some of us were like, well, yeah, hey, if I want to get hired for doing a bunch of other things, that's mm -hmm. what I want to do. Others like, no, 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 I want to hold on to my culture. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of where your your thesis is, is going? Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, especially with singing, because I was talking to my dad about this this morning. Yeah. Um, you know, as a singer, the way I sing an opera like Porgy and Bess is not going to be the same way I necessarily use the same vowels and the same diction as I would for, say, a Benjamin Britten opera written mm -hmm. in England in the middle last century. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think there is there's some truth to... And I, I was, you know, I've been looking at research and John McCorder, you know, he's, his, his theory is that there is, a, there's, you cannot deny that there's not a way that black people speak. Mm -hmm. right. And that there is a connection between African dialects and what Caribbean dialects mm -hmm. and African American dialects. And right. there is a, some connection to the way that we, our mm. vowels are, created and uh -huh. there's a cultural context for it but mm -hmm. but so why shouldn't our music relate that way you know um, uh -huh. Jesse Norman in an interview said that her voice was not created through opera her voice was created through gospel uh-huh you know huh. the greatest operatic singers yeah, of right. the last century yeah says that she knows that or she considers her basis mm -hmm. being gospel yeah. From Augusta, Georgia, you know. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure Marianne Anderson would say the same thing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a term. What was the term that you had, Norman, where, let's say, uh, you were talking about your, um, I think it was your aunt or your, your grandmother, when she speaks to a white person. Oh, uh, code switching. Code mm -hmm. switching. Mm -hmm. It's like a musical version of code switching. Let's say, mm -hmm. if, let's say if I come into a show and I sing a particular way, and let's say the music coach says, no, 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 I want you to do it another way. Go, get away from what you're used to doing. I could have a problem with that, or I could adjust to it. But um, 
could that be problematic? I mean, I would I would ask myself, well, why did you hire me if if you you're not comfortable with what I'm doing? Right, and, yeah. and but I also think that there's there's code switching and then there's Lagosia, and there's the code switching where it's our choice when we're getting to speak the way we speak, and mm-hmm. then there's the sure. times that we don't necessarily mean to slip in and out of vernacular. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, you know, just from being in a space that feels safe or being right. in a space where however you speak or however you sing is going to come out, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. singing amazing grace at a veterans Memorial <laughs> is going to be maybe different the way than you sing it in a church, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So context is going to mm-hmm. inform that. Yeah. I'm reminded, uh, I, there's a wonderful, um, documentary, the history of rock and roll, and it gets into sort of how, um, gospel music in the late 1800s or whatever, you know, like there were all these hymnals that would come overseas from England mm-hmm. and the slaves would be outside, whereas uh, the white folks who were going to the church right. would be inside and they would listen mm-hmm. to Amazing Grace or How Great Thou Art or, you know, whatever the class, the, the standards are for, and they would adapt it in their own way mm-hmm. and that sort of created gospel. Yeah. And, oh. uh, wow. and yeah, and and also uh, well, the blues as well. I mean, well, the blues. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there was always that tug of war between you know the God, you know, God's music and the devil's music, but it mm-hmm. all created you know the 20th century and even now rock and roll. So mm-hmm. that's I find that all fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, how do you so in dealing like I'm thinking about when you directed Candide, you had a bunch of uh, singers who are gospel singers. And also uh, actors who, my mic is, my <laughs> headphones was given out on yeah. me. But you dealt with um, people from all sorts of cultures or whatever. I mean, do you do you handle directing differently? I mean, do you have to, um, and, and this is, I think is a question with all directors. Do you find you have to have a different voice for different people? Oh, man, you could probably talk about this too. <laughs> but I think that... Um, so I'm a, I'm a director who I look at the text and I look at the piece and mm-hmm. that and I always use that as my my first basis. What did the writers put on the page for us to then create from? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, with a diverse group like we did for Candide, then it's how do we get our motley crew <laughs> to then be on the same plate? same page and then mm-hmm. create together yeah because i think not that we want to be homogeneous like i think having 20 different voices in the room is actually more interesting than trying to have a completely we're all doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. but how do we tell the same story I yeah think right. is, is my way <coughs> of looking at it because i think um you know i, m- I might have said this I, o- I often say this that I think 21 brains is better than one. Huh. That, uh-huh. <laughs> that right. I would rather get us all, me as a director, to get us all in the same world sure. than saying, this is what I, this is my vision. And yes, obviously, as the director, you mm-hmm. have the vision. But, but that the vision is being then completely or continually c- created and negotiated with with the group that negotiation is yeah i'm i'm living that right now and it's fascinating to me because i will have one night where i feel like i must look like i'm just letting this run wild and other nights where i'm just real clear about what i think we need to do and make this adjustment so that it comes into line with this and what i I love when it becomes a discussion Mm -hmm. i love when it turns into a why is this true i got a long email from one of my actresses about a key scene late in the play. And so she sort of tracked through the char- her character's trajectory to say, this. did I get to this moment? How did I get to this moment? Mm-hmm. And part of me was thinking, "What? Do you, it's, it's in the text and it's been going great. I don't know why you're questioning this. But what came out of it was it allowed her to go back and reshape some things. So it was funny because we ran the scene last night and – it didn't have the same shape that it had before. Mm. But I could see mm. where it was going to get a more solid shape, where before she was sort of just going off the page. <clears throat> now it was rooted in something. Mm-hmm. And that was surprising to her, you know, the first time she actually got on her feet to try this. And I'm like, okay, yay, good. Let's, let's do it a couple of times so you can really feel it, so I can sink in. 
But um, I like that. That way, this isn't just me with a bunch of puppets. Mm-hmm. This is you created that. That's a moment you found or an understanding that you had. And I just made, stir- made sure that it sat within the story, within the context of the bigger shape. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's interesting. You Here's a question for both of you. Let's say you have an image in your mind as to what the story is. You try to convey that as best as you can to the actors, but what you're seeing is not quite there. And that's one of the reasons why I ask, is it difficult to speak, let's say, to someone who may be coming from a different perspective, where you have to say, okay, how do I communicate to Joe Smith that we want to go here instead of there? You know what I mean? Have you had that problem, Mike? (laughs) I mean, I will discuss and discuss and discuss for as much as possible until I say, no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's usually my very last yeah. tactic. I, I mean, th- I mean, there are tangible things. Like, let's say there's a dance step and yeah. someone's not getting it right because it doesn't look uniform. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are the intangibles, which are like beats and moments, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you don't understand how so-and-so got there. Yeah, and I'm not – Especially if I'm directing, I'm not the actor, so I can't let that beat drop into their body. I mm-hmm. can't drop that into their instrument. Right. You know, I can only keep giving ideas. I can keep telling them, you know, maybe if you angle a little more towards stage left, you'll get <laughs> <laughs> the magic will happen. But, mm-hmm. I, but you know, there's a point where yep, you just have to just let go. Yeah. I hear you. I'm always surprised at those moments where something <coughs> that just makes sense in my head and somebody is – either incapable or just confused about what I'm asking for. And I can think of, well, what's funny, I put one actor through this now. Um, he has one, it's a character that's just there for a moment. It's supposed to be a historical figure. So the first time he did it, he just sort of, you know, sort of did it normal. Um, I said, really let that, I want the language to be a little bit clipped and stilted. That was fine. And after, you know, after thinking about it a little, I was like, well, you know, let's give him a bit of an accent. And I said British. He came back with Cockney. Okay. That wasn't <laughs> what I expected. And I said soften it a little bit, and he softened it. And it was like, that could work. And then the playwright actually came to me and said, are people going to be confused about where he's from if he does that? And I thought, well, it even says in the text he's Negro. And I am fascinated with that. People who have British accents, I think I've said it before on the show. Yeah. I just – it stuns me. I'm staring at their mouths going, wow, <laughs> their lips really are moving. Yeah. That sound must same. be coming from them. <coughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. Like Adiris Elba and uh, there are a couple of other black mm-hmm. Brits. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, I know that we could go African. Uh, and then I thought, well, South African because it has that almost – it's got an African construction – but it also has a British sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it has both. Mm-hmm. So um, I said that to the actor. And he just looked at me like, oh, I asked him to, you know, swim through jello or something. <laughs> oh, no. And so I said, well, we were both going to do the interview on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, afterwards, let's, you know, let's just stop by a coffee shop or something. And I think I can show you real quickly what I'm talking about. And I, we're walking down the street. I just pulled the page out. And I started going into South African dialect. And he's like, wow. I said, okay. So here I'm doing it because that makes it easier for me to tell you what sounds, mm-hmm. you know, what are the substitutions? Yeah. And um, what are you looking for? What are you listening for? What do you feel? And then we sat in a coffee shop and I just marked up the speech. Mm-hmm. And then he copied it. And, and it was great because it, then it became a dialogue. Mm-hmm. He's asking, and what about this? And he was trying things out for himself. And I was like, okay, then – Now I can just let you go home and Mm -hmm. and work on this. And so he tried it last night. It's not all the way there, but it's in really good shape. And what's amazing to me is each step of the way, he's done something that I've been like, wow, I'm kind of liking that. That's kind of cool. But it suddenly becomes more the needs of where are we putting the story Mm. and is the actor that versatile. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is a silly example. I directed a show and uh, it was a group of people who were supposed to be in the jungle. Um, they'd been captured. And one guy, one of the captors, um, says they're just waiting. They're waiting to hear if they're going to get a ransom or whatever. And uh, so they're trying to kill time. And he says, well, he pulls out a deck of cards and says, well, let's play some cards. And it says it's in the script. So it wasn't like the actor didn't know about it. 
But when I blocked it, I blocked them. I blocked them having walked through the jungle and into, you know, into this area, center stage. Um, and they were standing around for the most part. And he was standing there. And he said, well, is there going to be a table or something? Because I'm supposed to shuffle this deck. It says in the script, I shuffle the deck. I'm like, no, you just do it standing. And three actors are staring at me like, what are you talking about? Well, they're in a jungle. I mean, they should know that there's no <coughs> tables in a jungle. Go well, ahead. No, they're looking at me. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. you just stand there and <coughs> shuffle. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, you know, and I saw two people. They didn't want to say anything to the director, <laughs> but their eyes were just bugging. <laughs> and he says, well, can you do it? And I said, yeah. And I went over. And that was when the light bulb went up. You really don't know how to stand and shuffle them. So I mm. took the deck of cards from them and just stood there and shuffled them. <laughs> and they all looked at me like I'd done a magic trick. <laughs> and I was like, <clears throat> and I thought it made me think back when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, I, as soon as I could get my hands around a deck of cards, because I'd seen my aunts and uncles playing card games mm. my whole life. As soon as I could get my hands on a set of, on a deck, I started learning how to shuffle. So, yeah, I can stand and shuffle. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. These people were amazed. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I said, you know what? Actually, this is going to be great. Here, I take a moment to show you how to do it. And if you mess it up, worst case scenario, and cards go flying everywhere, that's going to make the money, e the moment even funnier. So, and yeah, again, they looked at me like I discovered or created something. And I was like, no. No, I'm working with no. what I have to yeah. work with. <laughs> I think it would have been even better if they just said, well, I don't know, but let me just try. Let me just do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead yeah. of just, you know, asking the director, well, how and well, what mm -hmm. and There was whatever. another actor in that mm -hmm. show who did that, and uh, if I can help it, I will never work with him again. Oh, man. Because he'd say, oh, yeah, I can do it. And then he couldn't. And I'd say, well, maybe we should adjust this. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I could do this. Or he'd suggest an adjustment. I'm like, oh, can you do that? Yeah. I should be able to. <laughs> and, and, and he couldn't. Even never say yes if, you, if it's no. Yeah. And I was like, these are the moments where as a director you have to have some other special skill. Because you have to know when this is not going to work and this person is not going to stop. You're going to have to put your foot down mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. make a decision and mm -hmm. make them live with it. Have you had any horror stories like that, Mike? Oh, have I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, the worst one, I was directing an opera, and there's this long bit, and there was like a funny moment, and then it goes into a serious moment, and so the ensemble, I was having them like stare at the leads as they were having this sort of intense moment, mm -hmm. and the, the it was the simplest bit of everyone in the chorus sat down except for one person, and then... The woman next to him was supposed to pull him to pull him down. Oh, uh -huh. The woman refused. She was like, I am not going to do this for this moment. And then I was like, um, we have all this. We have like 30, not 30 seconds, but we have time to, to fill. This is a perfect moment for a bit. Right. And then she sort of begrudgingly did it and then told the actor. And then the, then the other actor came to me and said, just so you know, she, this woman told me that she's not going to do the bit mm -hmm. once it comes to performance hmm. and so i don't know what to do right and so it's like well she got, got ratted out on but what mm -hmm. <laughs> what Goodness. am i gonna do <laughs> and just refusing to yeah <laughs> oh yeah I, i've definitely seen oh yeah I've, I've gotten angry in those moments mm -hmm. and it's so funny i've had really good really talented people and then they just get stuck Mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing you can do to get them past it. And it's like, Whoa. and I used to just take it so personally. And now I'm like, you know, this is part of the creative process. And I thought I had a hammer and it turns out I've got a crowbar. <laughs> I better figure out how mm -hmm. to make the crowbar work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, Mike, when you um, do you work primarily with actors or is it really more with um, opera singers? Um, it depends on the gig. Uh, you know, at conservatory where I'm teaching, they're mostly – Singers, most of them are opera focused. The ones that I work with are interested in either doing opera and musical theater or just musical theater. Mm -hmm. And I think we're getting a little more interest in a crossover career. Um, but, you know, gigging around the Bay Area it depends totally right. on the yeah. show. Is so, how do you teach, or if, you, if at all, do you teach acting techniques, even simple acting techniques, to the. Um 
to the to to your students? Yeah, you know, there's there is an acting teacher um, who I am. You know, I I, I don't do technique per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually have turned it more into uh, stagecraft work is what I like to call it. That, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not really going into their instrument and into that sort of technique, but I am trying to give them space and agency to be on stage. And what does it mean to be on stage and how do you connect Mm -hmm. physically on stage and, and versus going into, we're doing lots of text work and we're doing this sort of. Sure. Um, yeah, and talking with uh, Jacob and also Crystal, who who is also a singer, mm-hmm. they talked about how, like, there are things that actors know, like beats and let's say motivations mm-hmm. and and you know and and the singers uh, they they've said that you can find that in songs. You know, oh, yeah. there's songs where you have all sorts of you know emotions uh, mm-hmm. going on, and uh, I guess the the script work that we do as actors, you could do the same thing with a with a. Um, with a text, or I guess with with songs. Oh yeah, with a libretto. Yeah, and, and yeah. finding those beats in the music because the composer, um, I think it was Maria Callas who said, the composer already um, looks at what the librettist did. So it's mm-hmm. the, now it's the singer's job to look at what the composer did. So right. therefore, you're creating mm-hmm. on top of what they've already done. Nice. Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah, and I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, personally, I'm a Meisner-trained actor, so oh, I'm uh-huh. so I'm always looking at what's that connection that a singer can have to a second character, and mm-hmm. how is what affecting them versus what they're trying to put on someone else. Mm. Yeah, that's I've been looking at songs. In fact, I had a voice lesson today, and uh, I've been looking at uh, Porgy and Bess. Uh, there's a boat that's leaving mm-hmm. soon from New York. And it's got these little, um, what do they call the grace notes? Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, my teachers, because I've been trying to do it the way it looks on the sheet music, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> and she finally said, "Oh, well, it's a grace note. So what's happening is you're hitting it on the beat. You're hitting it on the downbeat, and it is actually meant for you to hit it so that that next note is the note that." And I'm like, "Oh." Okay, so technically, I could find I could find that mm-hmm. you know it's a little run of three notes, mm-hmm. and I could find it. But what it ends up meaning is that middle note is on the downbeat, which is where the chord is. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, oh, okay, so now I can wrap my ear around that. Now I have to think about what that means for me as the actor mm-hmm. and how I can make sense of it. And that's so it was a it was a productive lesson because she helped me solve a technical issue. And that gave me a new acting thing. But I'm like, okay, I know how to solve acting problems. Mm-hmm. So now that I can translate this into that, I can start to play with it. Yeah, and I think, it, as you, you're saying, Reg, I think it is, once again, looking at the script and looking at the score mm-hmm. and finding, the, solving those problems for yourself Yeah, as, yeah. A, as a performer, whether mm-hmm. you're singing or acting. Yeah. How is the Bay Area treating you as a, as a as a artist? Are you getting uh, out the most out of it? Uh, are you? I mean, you're you're working, you're gigging, you're getting paid, and all that stuff. But uh, is you know, there's some folks who may feel they're a big fish in a small pond. Or how is the Bay Area treating you know treating you? Well, for me, it, it ebbs and flows, and I think it's partially because, unlike some artists in the Bay Area, I have my little fingers in different mm-hmm. different pots because I feel like the Bay Area is very much like people go to theater or people go to musical theater or right. people go to opera or people right. go to dance yeah. and very rarely do people go across their, their paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, same folks who go to the San Francisco Opera may not go to, let's say, the exit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, and whereas I think people who go to ACT will go to the exit, will go to shotgun players more right. more likely than people go to the exit are going to the opera who are also going to see ODC right. dance company perform. There there are some but yeah, not yeah. not the majority. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think for me because I sort of step into musical theater world and opera world and straight mm-hmm. theater world a little bit that mm-hmm. um, 
I don't think I'm. I think I'm a small fish in lots of small ponds. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've made yourself very versatile. I mean, a dancer and a singer and an actor and a director. I mean, you can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, jack of all trades, a master of none. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is that is that something that you had? I mean, because you know, if an actor it can only do one thing, they're very limited. I mean, did you? Was that something that you planned professionally? I mean, you know. As a business model, I guess. No, I, and I think maybe that's the problem, that I never had a business model. <laughs> that, uh-huh. I, that I really did sort of t- – I I still do take opportunities more as they come or as I see them versus, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this season I really want to do uh-huh. this and right. that and work with this company. I've mm-hmm. not really planned my, my mm-hmm. work in that way. Right. And every – couple months i say to myself maybe i should plan my work in this way yeah do you get phone calls i mean do you like look for opportunities or do people come to you and it's like hey i've got this thing that i want you to do i mean i feel pretty lucky that most of well i shouldn't say pretty lucky because i should be getting auditions but (laughs) i i i tend to work more from people coming to me than winning auditions that's just been my experience Mm -hmm. um for better or for worse, that's just the yeah. how things. Sorry, just swallow ice water. Okay. <laughs> um, you have you seen a lot change in the Bay? Well, obviously, I'm sure you have. Uh, just uh, we've had a lot of folks talk about what the Bay Area was theater-wise in the, let's say the '90s. Yeah, what did you run into when you first got here? Where where were the places that you? Well, well, especially when I first came out of school, I was I was definitely more opera focused, mm-hmm. um, and the the is I'm always curious to the companies that have stuck around and the ones that have dissolved. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there some of them are still thriving, even if they're under different um, management, different management, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then some that went away that was very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, Oakland Opera Theater, for example, is one that comes and goes. Oh, right, yes. Um, but they had a really strong run for a few years. I was yeah. part of that company, basically, oh, for nice. a while. And At the Oakland Metro. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, there were they had a great run of lots of stuff. And as I said, they, they keep reappearing in different guises. Right. But, um, and, but then companies like West Edge Opera and um, um, Opera Parallel – sort of took up the mantle of doing new works and oh, uh-huh. and forward-thinking productions and mm-hmm. hopefully as inclusive of productions as possible. Mm-hmm. So, You know, I was just thinking because I, I went to – so I have a, I have a Chinese friend. Uh, I think um, she took me to a – it was a dance performance of – I think the woman's name is Ah Lin – she has a uh, an op- she has a uh, Chinese dance theater company. Huh. And I was thinking to myself, I haven't seen a black theater com- dance company like an Alvin Ailey. I don't know if there's any in the Bay. They've been, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They've been. I mean, I I don't keep up with that side. I'm not real current, but I I remember when I was first here, Robert Henry Johnson was doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. And Robert um, Moses. Robert Moses still, is still, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think it's all—it's the—it's almost like the aesthetic is changing a little bit too. Um, I know um, Sister uh, uh, Delina Patrice is is doing a lot of—I um, think she's calling it hip hop dance theater, huh, uh-huh. and it's a lot of spoken word with hip hop with sort of diasporic dance yeah. forms. Like your friend Mary Alice Fry, doesn't she have like a dance thing? Uh, she well, Footloose is technically a dance company, but it's more of a producing agency. Oh, in okay. fact, she's um, she's got some things going now. She's always she's always got things going. Yeah, she's she's been trying. But it to isn't it yeah. isn't an organization in the It's not a group. It's not an art group mm-hmm. that is that is working. She's you know, it's more project based. Yeah, but what you were saying, Mike, it sounds like because uh, I know a lot of theater companies sometimes. For the newer generation, they've switched. Like we've had um, the play, ca- not uh, the play cafe, but um, what is it? Um, piano fight. We always mm-hmm. talk about oh, piano yeah. fight, mm-hmm. where they have one act plays and they have these contests to see, you know, which one act play mm-hmm. is better than the other. And there's audience participation. It sounds like dance is going through the same thing, where they're 
I guess, changing, um, like, you know, mixing hip-hop with spoken word yeah, dance I think, and I, stuff like I that. Just, and I feel like the arts are just getting more interdisciplinary anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with, with um, just, you know, com- even companies like Mugwumpin and mm-hmm. Word for Word that are doing these sort of all-inclusive art. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be singing and dancing and mm-hmm. creating this text and, mm-hmm. you know, or reimagining the text or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, that's, you make me think, because you're saying that and I'm realizing part of what we see is an evolution and part of what we see are these uh, trends in fashion. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I first got to Bay Area Theater, there was a huge uh, solo performance thing going on and it was the tail end of the comedy club circuit mm-hmm. so there had been comedy clubs all over san francisco and they were just dying out but it still meant you could see i saw dana carvey a few years before you oh, went wow. to saturday night nice live yeah yeah um and yeah so i i wonder what um what kind of moments you've noticed um in that growth and that changing that that change of trend in fashion and the performance you know, well, I, I, I think there is, for one, I think cabaret went away mm-hmm. with the closing of a lot of cabaret spaces. Right. Um, you know, now we have Society Cabaret and we have Nico. So Society Cabaret is a lot of local acts and then... I don't think I know either of these spaces. What are these spaces? Um, Society Cabaret is at the Hotel Rex. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of it is lo- local cabaret acts, which mm-hmm. is great, but it seems like that's the one game in town sure. for that. Where mm-hmm. it used to be, you know, Piaf's. And you right. know, Martini still hosts, hosts to some extent. But, right. um, um, so I f- but I feel like that sort of, that scene kind of went away when I first got here, uh-huh. like early 2000s. And then I think there's a, a need for that, that that's starting to emerge again. And I okay. think that it comes out of the solo work, too, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just when you were thinking about the cabaret, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Victorian Theater used to host cabarets mm-hmm. until Ray of Light took over. Oh, uh-huh. And Ray of Light is now, you know, it's 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 sort of a burgeoning, uh, it's it's a musical theater company, and they've done a lot of stuff. I mean, I see right. their stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's, that's one company where... You know, a, a lot of their their um, the folks who, are, who do Ray of Light, they jump immediately to New York. I know I have a lot of friends who are in New York, um, oh, like okay. Ellen Marsh. Uh, she uh, mm. did um, what is it, Kinky Boots, uh-huh. which uh, won a yeah. um, a Tony. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and and I think that's a, a trend right now too. Is these scrappy musical theater companies like Bam, like mm-hmm. Ray of Light, mm-hmm. um, that are doing kind of very mainstream musical theater shows uh-huh. um, and doing a lot of them. It's like these seasons are like five shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> doing yeah. A lot, mm-hmm. which means they must have an audience for it. Right. Um, and, and the budget for it because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's expensive. Yeah. 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 Musical theater is expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you seen, I mean, do you think that uh, gentrification has sort of, you know, dominated? I mean, you're doing, you're doing okay. You, you're, you know, there are a lot of artists who are like, hey, I don't know how I can function. And I think Susan Evans says I have to have three jobs at a time right. in order mm-hmm. to maintain myself. Are you in the same position? Well, I think that's where I've gotten more into the teaching thing. You mm-hmm. know, I have definitely expanded what I, w- what I was doing from before. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, when I came straight out of school, I was doing half a semester's worth of work at mm-hmm. the conservatory. And mm-hmm. now I'm doing a part-time job there sure so yeah I, for example so i think um yeah i think it's part of surviving is it gentrification it's <laughs> mm. it's, it's it's always the question you know? yeah yeah um, well again uh, i was saying these trends happen so yeah the economy does things but i'll, I'll never forget there was um i don't even know what they call it now not the recession that we're now calling the great recession i love mm-hmm. when it was happening they avoided every label they could mm-hmm. right um, they kept saying it wasn't the depression. That's mm-hmm. that was. So mm-hmm. about two thousand eight was that yeah, the subprime loan thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but there was another one maybe a decade before mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and I remember when it hit. No, it was uh, it was I guess it was with the war. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you talking about the was it the Persian Gulf War or uh, no, or maybe the dot com bust? Maybe it was. Bus. It was around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
the everybody else was talking about the economy. Everybody else was worried about what was going to happen and things were going badly and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And as a theater artist, I'm like, well, what's going to happen to theater? And, you know, am I going to get a job? Mm -hmm. That's really what I was wondering. And that season, a bunch of shows extended, which mm. doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, suddenly all over town and all over the Bay, it seemed like these shows were extending, sometimes for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, audiences were happy to go and throw their money at theater. And that's the sort of thing I mean. You see these ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And it's I've gotten to the point now, I'm old enough now, where I can say, okay, I can hunker down and, you know, grab onto the side and get through the next low. But I'm, I'm always looking to see where is the growth happening? Where is mm -hmm. something that you didn't expect to be happening seem to be taking root? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a question here, I think, of what takes root and mm -hmm. who's how do we market? I think this is also the question that Mm -hmm. <laughs> we just never know who's going to show up to what. Right, right, right. Exactly. Do you s have you worked in, in like L.A. or other other areas? Not very much. I've been mostly Bay Area. Okay. Yeah. Do you see yourself going? I know that you're you're going to have your uh, doctorate uh, in uh, Columbia, but do you see yourself working in New York? Do you are you comfortable with what you're doing right now? Or I mean, it would be nice to expand a little bit for sure uh. for, for anyone listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I. I Especially having friends in New York and knowing that I'm there for extended periods of time, I have friends who are like, "Oh, well, let's think about collaborating." Or like, mm -hmm. so you know, they're always there's always talk. I think I have a f couple colleagues who want to maybe expand. Oh, nice. Some ideas, but like, uh, have you thought about film or um, TV or you know? There's I've never been that interested in film and TV. Honest, oh. honestly, I've always there's something about being in a live space that I've always found yeah. mm -hmm. more interesting, like the very little bit of commercial work I've ever done. Mm -hmm. It's just never been as exciting as right. being in a room with people and creating a moment together. Yeah, right. yeah, I hear you. Totally hear you. Well, and you definitely have more sense of when that happens in a live performance, whereas, you know, they say cut, and you're like, oh, um, okay, that... Okay, I don't know what you got on on film right, or exactly. on camera. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you got, but uh, yeah. And even more, I I remember doing a film project, and when the final cut was done, well, it flattered me a lot, so I was thrilled about that. But it really wasn't what I thought I'd read in the script. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And the director and the editor, who might have been the same person, I can't even remember, but um, had clearly made some choices based on what they'd captured. Mm -hmm. And and so there were. It had a nice feel to it, and it told a story. It had a you know it it held together. There was continuity. It flowed. Um, it really wasn't quite the story that I expected, and I guess I didn't really understand what the story was trying to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting. It became something. Yeah, and I was like, well, I what people are seeing on the screen, and I guess this is my takeaway from this mm -hmm. was what people were seeing on the screen. I couldn't really take credit for. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say is it's it's interesting how there's a collaboration between the director and the actor on stage mm -hmm. and even with the audience because I feel right. like, I, you know, when I get a reaction, mm -hmm. I'm sort of communicating with the audience members. There's sort of a back and forth. It's almost like church. Right. A mm -hmm. call right. and response. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that at all on film. Mm -mm. I'm really just a utensil of the director. Right, and, the and you don't even necessarily get it with the directors. There are those film directors who know how to to um, cultivate a, a collaborative sure. uh, mm -hmm. feeling and environment. Mm -hmm. And then there are the other ones who right. you feel like you never know what's going on in their head, mm -hmm. and you're just sort of off on your own yeah. doing whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're also – I mean, there's a spectrum of them like anything, right? But you mm -hmm. get the ones where – they're kind of flattering you. They're giving you some kind of feedback, but it really is you and your scene partner yeah. kind of making the moment. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, later you see what they did with it, and you're like, oh, well, if I'd known that, mm -hmm. I, I might have made some different choices. Right. Yeah. I've worked with some students for the uh, – I think it's the Academy of Art. Mm -hmm. They have some they have, right. uh, film oh, classes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting working with the young students. And, of course, I'm an older guy, and, and they're trying to – 
I guess the level of communication can sometimes be suspect because they're right. trying to tell me what they want. Right. And they're mm-hmm. trying to tell me what they're trying to get from me as an actor. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, I think I sort of got it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not giving them what they want, you know, they'll try to say, well, okay, so try doing it this way. And, and it, it gets into almost a, a theater of why don't you just tell me what you want or tell me what the thing is or try to, right. you know, articulate clearly what your scope is. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure you've had to go through that as far as school. Did you take school for directing or did you just learn how to direct on your own? No, I was <laughs> a little baptism by fire, I think. Yeah. Uh, when I was in my master's, I took some directing classes and oh, it was okay. mostly directing for the opera stage. Uh-huh. Um, and the the teacher, who was also the head of the department, my sen- my second year said, you know, you have an eye for this. I'm going to hire you next year after you uh-huh. graduate. Oh, right um, on. Because <laughs> I've, had, I've had a lot of choreography experience, okay. but I hadn't yeah, had right. stage experience. So I, I was coming at it definitely from a choreographer's point of view, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of stage pictures, obviously. Right. And it's also, especially in modern dance, it's, it is – usually fairly collaborative uh-huh. so it didn't seem like it was that big of a jump yeah. in a certain mm-hmm. sense except you ha- suddenly have words right and, yeah, well, and but that seems like those are good skills to bring to it definitely yeah yeah, yeah i was going to say what is the difference between staging for a dance well i guess i guess there are there are obvious differences because in theater it's like you know cross stage left or whatever or right. i imagine the the picture that you have in your mind as a director for a uh, uh like a a drama is different from let's say choreography, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's whatever is going to tell the story mm-hmm. of the piece that it is. So, mm-hmm. like Candide, there's sure. not a lot of choreography. There's the big dance number at the end of Act yeah. One, mm-hmm. but or in the version we did at the end of Act One, but um, but that was telling the story, which is different than a monologue with. You know mm-hmm. that one person's on stage and relating yeah. what what's going on. In yeah, the but you life. know, even yeah. thinking with Candide, there was like a wonderful staging where you had everyone together, and then all the, the chorus parted half as if it were like you know the Ten Commandments. The mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think it was um, the the narrator who came out from the middle. Yeah, and that was like a, a wonderful piece of staging. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> thanks. I'm glad you remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no but it, was, it was memorable, and those are the things that you remember when you go into the theater. It's like, wow, I remember that one moment. Right. It's like a picture, and it just stays there. Yeah, yeah. and I think, once again, I think that comes from my dance background, mm-hmm. um, that I'm seeing the pictures on stage, and mm-hmm. but in the end, it's whatever needs to tell the story. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to know who you're working with and our body types and what we can do and what we can't do. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're not going to suddenly do an Agnes DeMille ballet <laughs> if, if, it's not a, if it's not a cast of ballet trained dancers. Right, know? right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I do a lot of short pieces and uh, playground with playground, yeah. and uh, there was one where the script called for. So the main character was supposed to be an old ballerina, mm. and of course they they got me an actor is what they got me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked her what she could do, and she got up, and she had actually been practicing just doing a simple little lift, and you know, a, a, you know, a, a, I don't even know what to call it—a little twirl mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, that's so. We're we're going to use that because, again, that's the only tool that you're offering me. Yeah. So I'm going to use that tool, but we're going to change it. And the ending had been written that." The character is transformed to her 18-year-old self oh, wow. and does um, a bit of the Nutcracker as she exits the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to get that. We're so not going to get that. We're going to get the lift <laughs> and lights are going to come down. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. And it was so funny because like, the writer was sitting right there when I said, this is what we're going to do. And then afterwards, I heard somebody say something about how directors just sort of take your piece and they do what they want with oh. it. It's like, it's not that I did what I want. It's impossible. You asked me to do something that with what I'm given, it is impossible. We don't have the time. Mm-hmm. We don't have the skill. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. But you created a beautiful moment. So if I just reshape it a little mm-hmm. bit, I can capture at least the feel of what you were asking for. Mm-hmm. And therefore you get the ending that you wanted. 
Whereas if I try to do what you actually put on the page, it's just going to be an embarrassing, awkward moment. It's just going to yeah, be Yeah, we've horrible. had conversations with playwrights who, of course, have this great vision in their mm-hmm. minds. Right. But they don't take, you know, they don't know what the, um, what's, what's the word? Uh, they don't know what you have, mm-hmm. uh, your facilities or, right. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, yeah, yeah. resources, mm-hmm. thank you. Whether yeah, it be the, go ahead. Oh, I, say, I always laugh to when actors will say, well, it says here in the stage direction. I'm like, baby, I'm a director. I don't <laughs> read the stage directions. <laughs> I think well, every, right. every director's ever said that. It's like, forget about the stage direction. Yeah, Just I, get rid of it. Well, you need to know. I mean, what stage directions are one of two things. Sometimes it is what the writer wrote. Sometimes that's what it is. But a lot of them are from the original production or the production mm-hmm. that is being used for publication. Mm-hmm. And that's a stage manager's notes. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no artistry. And the artistry then is this is the re- record of what the director asked for in the original production. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But if you don't have a staircase, you can't worry about that <laughs> stage direction that tells you she comes down the staircase yeah. in a beautiful gown. Right. Not going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> We're coming close to the uh, one hour mark. Want to do oh. shout outs? This week, I mean, my only shout-out really is Playground. Please come see Playground. <laughs> scapegoat. Got to see Scapegoat. I know that um, uh, – what is it called? Everyday – the show at the Aurora that Elizabeth Carter is in. Um, Aurora. I, they're closing this weekend. Yeah. Aurora oh, Theater in yeah. uh, Berkeley. Um, you you said uh, Palace Records, which is a modern take on um, Electra and – oh, gosh. What is the – why am I spacing on the brothers' names? You think you? Oh, Kari Moy. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. uh, pa- uh, yeah. Well, Palace no, I mean Records. The character. It's Palace, oh, the ca- oh, Palace no, Records. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, those are the ones that I know, and I know that um, Ubuntu is about to open Top Dog Underdog. And uh, well, I have a couple of uh, birthdays. I was trying to find Aurora Theater on. Um, uh, let's see, Eureka Day is it? I'm trying to find oh, the. Oh, that Aurora. might be it. Eureka yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Eureka Day. Yeah. They're also doing a number. Yeah, Eureka Day starts April the 13th, 2000. Yeah, th- yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's about and to close this weekend. That's right. And that is, uh, oh, it's got a um, winner of the 2018 Rella Lossi Award. And I see the San Francisco Chronicle loved it. So they get, they're getting good reviews. Yeah, so be sure to check that out. Um, birthdays. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I called up on my birthdays last time. So. Yeah, so and I'll I'll just uh, go over it again. Colin Hussey, his birthday's today. Uh, Mary Alice Fry is on Friday. Hmm. Uh, I mentioned Dashiell Hillman, and uh, there's a wonderful stage manager, Christine Plowright. Her birthday is uh, also on Thursday. Uh, let's see. Ronnie Marcos, uh, that's another uh, Bindlestiff guy. He is his birthday's on Sunday, and I think that's it. And as far as events are concerned, um, hold on, if I can get to events, mm. browser slow. Palace Records, where well, we talked about that. Um, Wafrica Theater first. Mm. It's at Live Oak Theater. That's um, it started May the sixth. It ends June the second. We've talked about Playground, uh, your thing. That's part of the 22nd pay- Playground Festival of New Works. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and we're in repertory, so mm-hmm. we'll have, like, we have previews Monday and Tuesday, and then we open Wednesday, and then I think the other show is up over the weekend, so. Fantastic. Uh, Mike, we were supposed to have Valerie Weekend, and because we couldn't get the schedule together, but uh, she does the Counting Actors Project, so let me do that for April. Sure. Um, they uh, they count uh, by gender what is the representation on our stages, and it's just a way by giving us these numbers to have us reflect on if it looks the way we think it should look and if it's actually reflecting what our, mm-hmm. what our world is, because we've got the talent. Why not? Uh, so there were 21 playwrights, 8 women, 11 men, 1 trans. Uh, 21 directors, 10 women, 11 men. Union actors, they got 48 jobs in April. <laughs> 21 women, 27 men. Non-union actors, 73. There were 30 women, 41 men, and two trans. Um, and that's the numbers. The shows were Viet Gong, which was at ACT. Uh, the Christian Teen Dolphin Sex Beach Party <laughs> okay. at the Awesome Theater. Uh-huh. The Laramie Project, Left Coast Productions, Merchant of Venice at City Lights Theater. 
Shifting Spaces, Those Women's Productions. Oh, man. I, somebody was trying to get me to go to that. I didn't. Uh, Time of Athens, Cutting Ball. Saturday Night at 42nd Street Moon. You Are My Sunshine at the Alma Theater Company. Gangster of Love, Magic Theater. American Journalero, Ubuntu. Disruption Three Girls Theater. A Number at the Aurora Theater. The Mystery of Love and Sex at the New Conservatory. Love, Bombs, and Apples, Golden Thread Productions, and Angels in America Part 1 and 2 at Berkeley Rep. Yeah, they've been oh, pushing. I've been getting all these emails. Of Madison County. Mm-hmm. So this is something that anybody can look up, and uh, I think they actually have a page on Facebook or a connection, mm-hmm. um, and you can report. You don't have to be a part of the show. You can just go see it, or you just know about it, and you want to report, because um, it's been interesting to see companies have made more and more commitments to women playwrights, women directors, mm-hmm. and trying to get a balance on stage, you know, tell stories that aren't just all about men. Yeah, it's so fantastic. The project has been really useful, a really useful tool in that, and Valerie Weeks is the one who puts mm-hmm. it together. Yep, and we will have her uh, on soon. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, Mike, what yeah. Do you, are, are you have anything that you want to um, promote? Anything coming up or anything that you know about that you want to get the word out on? Not at the moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if, I'll, if have stuff, <laughs> I'll have stuff in the fall. <laughs> if you, uh, well, if you are a student and you want to you know, learn, do you, do you teach privately? Do you teach private yeah. lessons? Well, there you go. <laughs> Hit up Mike Muhammad. Yeah. You know, he's fantastic. Great dancer, great singer, and great teacher. So, you know, if you want a private uh, tutor, he's the man for you. Yeah. Mike, did you have a good time? This was great. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Glad you had time for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me uh, give my last blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for The Yay. You will find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app and search for The Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, and we will take it from there. And, and we've we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. <laughs> and we are out. 